greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I am your host, Fergus, and I'm joined tonight on episode 146, Seeing Red and White. Uh, I'm joined by uh, Dan Potts, Trevor Hill, and we're soon to be joined all the way from Melbourne as well by um, Max Ware. Uh, evening, boys. How are we doing, Trevor? Good to speak to you again after speaking to you Sunday. How are you? I don't think I've ever been called Trevor Hill before. He's not really the old man, or is he? Trevor Hill. Are we going all posh tonight, Fergus? Are we? You know, you know oh. what it is. I'm probably still in, I'm probably still in work mode. I was in here until about an hour ago, and then I went down and quickly done dinner, and then jumped back in again. So I'm, this is where I sit all day. So I've probably got into um, yes, Mister Hill. How are you? <laughs> oh, I'm very well, sir. Thank you. We've got lots to talk about tonight, haven't we? It was a very busy weekend. Um, both on and off the pitch with lots to talk about. So looking forward to it, mate. Looking forward to having a chat. And we welcome back uh, Dan Potts. Dan, you haven't been on for a little while. Nice to see you. Yeah, good to see you see guys you. as well. I've, uh, see you nice. I've uh, shout out to Beautiful Ruth in the chat. Like that. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Ruth in the chat, by the way. Behind me is some of her fantastic art, as you can see on my wall there uh so good evening to you ruth beck um yeah mate it's great to be back on uh always enjoy coming oh, on there here. we go there we go i got that uh she's great isn't she? on the wall and great I yet. Uh, there we go so. she's lovely she's great at what she does ruth um brilliant to be back on with you boys uh fergus i know that you've got a load of uh a load of cats and it looks like I've been kissing one of them because November is probably about as far as it goes for me that so uh, I can't wait for this to come back man I look about 15 years old at the moment so um I'm looking forward to tonight's talk though with you two boys who I respect so much so yeah thanks for having me back on man brilliant brilliant listen we'll we'll, we'll kick off probably quite uh straight into the Leeds game uh, we'll then look at the Europa League. Obviously, we'll play on Thursday against FK Mould. Um, then we'll, we'll, in the Guna debate, generally, we'll talk about um, the captain's armband, which we've talked about before, but it seems to weigh heavy on Aubameyang, in my opinion, uh, who you'd like to see as a captain. Uh, fans coming back into the stadium uh, and your thoughts, as the three of us being season ticket holders, the three of us having our money in the pot for uh, the ballot. Uh, what we're going to do. So let's get cracking. Um, the Leeds game, we had the preview. I predicted a 3-2 uh, scoreline, but I couldn't uh, see a score and a goal, even though I had said 3-2, uh, only because I thought we might have capitalised on Leeds' very gung-ho approach and the way they throw everybody forward and they just they just go at you at 100 mile an hour for 90, 96 minutes. And I thought, with the players that we've got in the likes of Pepe, and in the likes of Aubameyang, uh, and possibly William, and some of the other pace that we had, that we could have probably exploited that and maybe nicked uh, nicked, nicked the, the the game on the counter attack. Leeds, on average, score two goals per per game, um, but you know they haven't kept many clean sheets. Uh, well, there's not they've not kept many clean sheets in this uh, league. Um, 
What did you make of the lineup, Trev? Uh, I know we talked about it. Pre- Actually, I'll, I'll bring it to Dan because you weren't on the, the preview game. What did you make of the lineup, Dan? Because it, it was a change in formation. And there was a lot of people all over the socials going, you know, we should be playing three, we should be playing five. We played four at the back. Yeah, well, listen, um, I wanted a change. I wanted a solution. I wanted to see something different from Mikel Arteta and that we did with the team lineup. We did see it. Uh, cheers for that, Heath. I did see that in the comment. did make me laugh. Dan sucking on a hamster. <laughs> uh, and Manny has joined us in the chat, which is always a pleasure. And Boston Ozil, who I was hoping to meet the other night, but just wasn't well enough to come on with. So welcome, boys. Good to see you in the chat. Um, now, listen, the, the team lineup itself, I was happy with. I like to I like to see Joe Willett get his chance. I like to see the four at the back system. I thought it was good that we saw some of the players dropped, i.e. Lacazette, who I don't think uh, deserved to play. Um, really, it was the debate of who starts. Is it Willian or Saka? And I think that because of the internationals, Saka was given a rest which I understood, to be honest, because he played so much more than I think everybody expected. Um, but Willian there just didn't fill me with any excitement. So I think in terms of the team lineups, I went for a 1-1 and we ended up getting a nil-nil with 10 men. So really, I can't be too disappointed. I'm disappointed in more than the result. I'm disappointed in some of these players. But as far as the lineup was concerned, listen, I couldn't shout at Arteta for that. He changed it. He needed to. We lost 3-0 at home. You can't stay with that same side. So he didn't try and make something a little bit different with a 4-2-3-1. Um, but again, there were still some problems on the pitch. Would you have not gone with Eddie uh, in, in that starting lineup? No, because we've seen what Eddie is about at the moment and he's not quite ready for Arsenal. Eddie needs a loan move. You know, he was at Leeds last season and it wasn't because he wasn't good enough. It was because Bamford was fancied by Bielsa instead of him. We've got three players that need loan moves in Eddie, Joe Willock and Nelson, and we can't get them out at the moment because... There's nobody else that we've got. And there are only kind of second choice options. I think for me, if Lacazette doesn't play up front, it has to be either Pepe or Aubameyang through the middle. Um, and if we do see Balogun and that Moller, who apparently has been impressing, or both of them have been impressing in the under-23s, if we start to see more of them in the League Cup and the Thursday night games, and perhaps perhaps Eddie can get his loan move, uh, he's probably the most likely, in my opinion, to get a loan move um, than the others. So, yeah, I wouldn't have gone for Eddie to, as a start. I don't really know that he's quite suited to us at the moment. I was speaking to Claude and he sees sees just a minute ago, he was thinking that, you know, he's potentially another Andy Cole. I just don't see that with Eddie at the moment. I think that he needs a loan move, he needs games. And if he can get that game time, then, you know, come back to Arsenal and see what you can do. But go and prove yourself somewhere. The reason he didn't make it at Leeds is because after four or five games of him starting, he actually got injured. I know Bamford... Uh, did take over and Bamford ended up uh, uh, solidified in his place in the lead squad. Uh, Trev, um, we talked about the lineups um, on Sunday prior to the game, and uh, you were unsure if it was going to be a four. He clearly went with a four at the back. What did you make of that back four in Bellerin holding Gabriel and Tierney? Yeah, I was, su- I was surprised he went with a four. I, I genuinely was. I was expecting it to come at some time, but I didn't expect it to come in that game against Leeds. Um, I, I, our defence isn't the problem anymore, is it? Our defence isn't the problem. What what you were just talking about with Dan is much more important for us to talk about in that our forwards are not functioning. Our forwards have gone right off the ball and we've got no one to bring in. And we've got absolutely no one to bring in because no one has got any form up front. And not only that... Not only have we got our forwards not firing, we haven't got a scoring midfielder either that's going to bang 10 goals in 
to to make it that the weight the load that little bit lighter you know so it's really worrying it's really worrying i mean alba has never been the most liveliest of players but he gets a pass because he bangs goals in right now he's not banging goals in. he's been shown that you know that he don't do a lot else if i'm honest at times you know and he's our captain and he's our leader. Lacazette deserved to be dropped. I, I didn't think I'd ever say that, but he did. Eddie's not good enough to come in. William played at a nine a couple of weeks ago and was awful. Pepe at the minute can't kick a ball. I know we're going to talk about Pepe a bit more later. So I don't know what the options are. We're, we're stuck up from. We really are stuck. We need what we need to do is say a prayer and hope that one of them shines, Mr. Albamiang, because I've got faith in Albamiang finds his shooting boots again and starts leading us forward because we've got no one to, there is no one to replace him with unless we go real young with the likes of Balogun and whoever. And, and, and I don't think they're ready yet. So I don't know. As for the defence, the defence ain't worrying. We rode our luck against Leeds, didn't we? They ate the woodwork three times, but we were under pressure. We, we were a man down and uh, Leno showed his class again. So, but it's the forwards that are worrying me now and, and the midfield as well. Our problems have moved up the pitch. Our problems have moved up the pitch. Um, welcome, Max. How are you? Good Hello, morning. Max? Max? Can he hear us? I was only five minutes late, Fergus. What, nine minutes late? Yeah, well, you were about your makeup, weren't you? That's what you said. Fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's going to refresh himself and come back in again. And that was, that, that was Ozzy in the end. Ah, oh, Kate. <laughs> um, listen, yes. Trev, to, to pick you up on to pick you up on a point on there, um, it, Leno was outstanding. You said, I beg to differ. I don't think I don't think he was bad. I don't think he had a bad game. I think he made two very, very good saves. But wouldn't you expect a keeper at a top level, top six, although we're 11th, a top six Premier League club to be making those saves? He still doesn't command his area as well as he should. Fergus, listen, we're not top six. We haven't been top six for seasons. We've been declining for seasons. The days of top four and days of top six are behind us are behind us. They're gone at the moment, right? Leno, Leno is amongst, I would put Leno in the top four goalkeepers in the Premier League. I'm not going to knock Leno. Without Leno, we lose games. We lose lots of games. Listen, Trev, you know? I, I, I'm not having a go at Leno. I'm just saying the statement you made that he had such an outstanding game. I don't think he, I think he had a great game. But I don't think it was an outstanding performance like, you know, where you see keepers that go down and take two, three saves in one hit. Dan, you you turned your head and you moaned when we mentioned it. Why? Because we've kept a clean sheet because of one player. And the one that Fergus Keating decides to then go on about is flipping Leno. When That's all right, mate. Why doesn't he, does he start men? going on about Wojciech back again? We might get Wojciech back again, Fergus. He's your preferred keeper, isn't he? I see your microphone's working. I prefer right, it when it wasn't. Let's yeah. get it right. Let's get it right. Let's get it right. That player was the most consistent performer for Arsenal, along with Aubameyang. And since we sold someone to Villa, everybody dislikes Leno all of a sudden. No, no, when no, he has no, no, a no. great game. 
No, no, don't no, you did. You did. You did. You just did. Fergus Dan's right. Fergus Dan's right, son. Listen, Fergus Dan is exactly right, son. You can't talk about Leno on this podcast unless it's positive because on Sunday there were 12 other players on that field that deserve to be talked about before you talk about which Leno, because we'll which none of them were up to scratch, which which we will talk about. And the only reason the only reason Leno even I wrote Leno down because he wasn't even on any of my notes was because of the, the fact that you said he had an excellent game. He had a good game. He made two great saves. But that's what I'd expect of a keeper at a club at our level. That's that was that was my point. I think we'll move on because otherwise we're just going to get. So you can't down. bring so you can't bring players out, Fergus. You said uh, last week on my podcast that it is not good to string players out for having poor performances. And you go find the only person who had a half-decent game and string him out because he wasn't <laughs> the best keeper in the world on the particular day. There's a hole in your bucket, young man, and it's spewing garbage. <laughs> right, there's plenty of other oh, players we <laughs> there's, there's plenty of other players that we can pick on. Let, let, let's yes, look at some of the other. Am I on the right? Am I on the right podcast, boys? <laughs> I I tell you what, I th I think um, there's players like Danny Sabias, uh, William are, are two players in particular. Shaka for many reasons. Um, I said in the game itself, the Shaka seemed quiet and I didn't notice him so much. For me, that's a good thing because. Uh, as a defensive midfielder, you shouldn't really see him. You should just pull in the strings a little bit. But what were your thoughts then, Max? Is you're very vocal and your microphone is working and you're full of caffeine because it's bright and early in the morning uh, in Melbourne um, and you're unlocked and your gin bar is open. Um, uh, what was your thoughts on Danny Sabias? Uh, I, look, I, I thought that the issues across the board with the players were actually to do with what um, Leeds did after about 15 minutes. So first first five, 10 minutes, we actually, even 15 minutes, we went toe-to-toe -to -toe with them and Danny Ceballos looked really good. Uh, Leeds then dropped another player into the midfield and Granite Xhaka absolutely shit his pants and decided to start running backwards towards his goal and making a back seven. Um, and that left Ceballos isolated, which then left Willock isolated. Willock then started trying to play a second striker role instead of coming back to backfield the midfield. And we got completely disconnected. Um, and I, I, I don't think it's that much of like a, a, a light bulb moment for people like me to sit there and say, so you're telling me that in a four, Xhaka and Ceballos didn't work well in a four, in a, in a, in a four at the back with the two in the midfield? Because we already knew the two in the midfield didn't work with them. You've got one player who wants to run away from the ball as fast as he can and in Xhaka, and you've got a player in Ceballos who's a firefighter, and he just wants to go and nick the ball and get forward and nick the ball and get forward. So you end up with this incredible disconnection throughout the entire thing. And, you know, for me, ultimately, I don't think enough weight has been put, not enough weight, but enough consideration has been put onto the fact that the starting two midfielders, granted, you know, one of them is everyone's dream child and the other one is still up for debate as to whether or not he's good enough. But the two guys who had actually proved that they did have the motor and they could hold the shape and they could press were both not there. Um, the one thing I did like about Ceballos' game in particular, I loved that he went around hitting people. He went around scraping his boots down people's legs and throwing little elbows and being niggly. At least he was up for the fight. You've got a fan? Heath thinks there we go. Listen. Heath is Scottish <laughs> and uh, he's probably drunk. <laughs> Sorry, Heath. <laughs> this, this, 
This is Max is right, right? Max is right about the midfield. And I don't know if it's come on to an I don't like agreeing with Max because he's Australian, but I do agree with Max, right? <laughs> I I'm gonna say something I've never I've only ever said that I don't like one player in public. I'm a full supporter of the Arsenal, but I'm gonna come out and say it now, right? I do not like Granit Xhaka. I do not like him as a player, and I do not like him as a person. I'm done with him. I'm done with him. He's a disgrace. He's a disgrace as a player, and he's a disgrace as an Arsenal player and as a person. I'm done with him. I want to. I tell you what. If I I want to speak my mind, I want to come on Arsbros and really let loose about Granit Xhaka because I don't do it on here. But I'm done. Mate, we're on the we we're on the extreme show with Manny in an hour and a half. You can come in and say whatever you want about anyone, mate. You're more than welcome, Trev. We'll be on in an hour. If it's not past your bedtime, old man, we'll uh, we'll have you on. Listen, listen. Um, this, you, you man, say you don't hey, like this Granit old man ain't past nothing, young man. Let me tell you, right? This you, old man ain't past nothing. You say you don't you don't like Granite Chaka. Is it the, the the screenshot I put on here, which we were going to talk about a little later, but we'll jump around this That's, game a little bit. He's got his arm around uh, Alec Goski, I think is how you pronounce it, and Kieran Tierney has lost his absolute lost it with right. him. No, and with Alec Fergus, how has he lost it? Has he actually lost it? He never got near him. We don't know if he'd lost it. He might have just done well, what he to do. What all players, <coughs> he might have just been wanting to do what all players with passion should do: get in a bloke's face and call him a cheat because. Yeah, we know Pepe did something stupid. He put his head in his face, but he didn't headbutt him. The bloke went down like a sack, right? And Tierney wanted to tell him that. We don't know that Tierney. Tierney wasn't going to go and swing punches. Tierney was going to go and get in his face and tell him he was a cheat and tell him next time he played against him, if he'd done it, he was going to break his legs. And that's what we want from Arsenal players, right? We don't want the likes of Granite Xhaka putting his arm around him and talking to his mate in whatever language it was and being nice to him. I don't care. Granite Xhaka should have had his arm around Kieran Tierney, not pushing him away. He should have had his arm around Kieran Tierney, and they should have jawly. Both of them got in that bloke's face. I Both hope Kieran Tierney. I hope Kieran Tierney tried to headbutt Xhaka in the tunnel for that, because for me there was a point where when Xhaka pushed him away, I thought Tierney was going back for Xhaka. I thought he was going back to say to him, "Don't push me away." You know, don't tell me what I'm meant to do and what I'm not yeah. meant to do. And you know what? This this kind of stuff, it brings me full circle to a tweet I put up and I copped a bit of stick for it, Trev, because I said these are the same guys. These are nine of the 11 guys who let Unai down in Baku because they didn't have any yeah. fight and they didn't have any balls, right? It's the yeah. same guys who let him down. It's the same team who decided they didn't want to play for Unai because they didn't like it because they didn't fancy it because it was too hard. Yeah. It's the same senior squad who are doing it now to Arteta, and if you look at guys like Tierney and you look at guys like Saka, they're the only guys who care. And guys like Xhaka can get out of the club, and I said it when he threw the armband on the ground, and I'll say it again. He's not built for football at Arsenal. He's not Arsenal's pseudo-captain. He slows the play down. He's an average player, and he's got no balls, and he's got no fight. It shows you the exactly, mentality of this club. 
shows you the mentality of this club when Bellerin says that Alexis Sanchez wants to win too much, yet he's the one standing there looking at Kieran Tierney while he's going absolutely ape at the guy trying to say to him, listen, you got our, you were part of our sending off. Now, Pepe had to go 100%, but he made a part in that deal to get him sent off and he injured our best player on Sunday, which was Saka. Now, that's why Tierney's not very happy with Alioski and what he sees our ex-captain, great leader, great round the dressing room guy do is go up to him, hug him, and not only hug him and laugh with him, push the player who is our player, Kieran Tierney, away. Now, if you are a leader and you're trying to keep him up from getting sent off and you're trying to put your arm around him, take him down the tunnel. If that is what your leadership quality is, then take him down the tunnel away from it. If you're really trying your best to get that player sent off, you put your arm around him and you go down the tunnel with him and say, look, I'm as angry as you are. Let's not be silly. We've got another game in on Thursday. We don't want them both be sent off and, and miss Premier League games. Let's get ourselves away from it and let's, let's grow up. Or you let them have some. And you get involved with it because people can sit there and say Gwenduzi and Kieran Tierney are immature and that they don't deserve to be around this team and that they need to grow up. But we weren't saying that when Keown and Lauren and Vieira did it at Old Trafford when Van Nistelrooy and Keown jumped on Van Nistelrooy. They didn't need to grow up, did they? Because they winners. They cared. They hated losing. Yep. It hurt them yep. that they drew. Exactly. exactly. It hurt them. Listen, they give a damn. Listen, exactly. You boys are so right. Granite Jackers don't win Premier Leagues, right? Kieran Tierney's win Premier Leagues. Patrick Vieira's yes. win Premier Leagues. Roy Keane's win Premier Leagues, right? Steve Gerrard's win Premier Leagues. Not Granite Jackers. Not someone who got upset by the fans so he threw his shirt on the floor in front of us and copped an ear like that. Cocky twat. We never got an apology from him from that, right? Granite Jacker. We don't win leagues with Granite Jacker. Look at his past map. It's all backwards. It's all backwards. The boy can't play. His attitude stinks. He's a spoiled brat. We want more Kieran Tierney's. And we want more. And he should have gone, and he should have gone to hurt the Berlin. He should have gone to hurt the Berlin when we had the opportunity. Berlin. We could have got we got, got 40 on minutes. There's two things I want to get straight. Number one, in the comments, Ben Bennett. Genduzzi didn't get run out the club for being aggressive. Genduzzi got run out the club for taking the piss out of the manager. Right, so these 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 comments about how Genduzi, because he was a bit rough and a bit tumble, that's not the case at all. It's been made public, right, that he came and he said stuff openly to the manager behind the manager's back, right. So that's the first thing I just I just wanted to clear and I just wanted to get out there, right. The second thing I want to cover off as well is while Jack has got his arm around the player, you know where Jack is getting that from? Jack is getting it from the captain. He's getting it from Aubameyang because this is the third time this season. The final whistle was blown and the camera is shot straight to Aubameyang and Aubameyang's immediately had his arm around an opposition player laughing, smiling after doing the square root of sweet FA, right? And that's what you've got for leaders in your club. And that's what I was saying about it. it's the same guys in Baku. It's the same leadership group. You've still got Ozil's in the club. You've still got Kalasinax and Mustafi's. You've still got someone like Aubameyang leading the club. I would honestly have no problem if Aubameyang got the captaincy taken off him, because right now it stinks of English opening test batsmen. It stinks of Nasser Hussain's, and it stinks of Michael Vaughan's, and it stinks of guys who were fantastic and got the captain's armband put on and all of a sudden couldn't score any runs. I'm Irish. I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> but, but also, Basically, man, I, I, wrong I, player. 
Also, though, Max, I, I said this yesterday and I said that there's, this is the same squad from Baku and I got shot down because only two players from Baku started. I wasn't talking about the first 11. I'm talking about this squad. I'm talking about the Mesut stinking Urzels that are still training with us that should be gone and paid off. We're talking about the Kalasanaks and the little cliques we've got with Mustafi and Luiz and Chaka and the Lacazettes and Aubameyang holding each other's yeah. hands all the time. I'm sick and tired of it because the mentality is weak. I look at that team. Give me a Kirantini over Granite Chaka any day. Why? One, because he shows more passion and two, because he's won more in football. I don't care that the Scottish League is shockingly bad. It is. It's terrible, by the way. But he's got more passion playing for Celtic and winning stuff there and winning breeds winners. If you can have a Kirantini in your side, give me that any day of the week over a Mesut stinking Ozil and Mustafi who have won the World Cup. We look so at Dan, Kirantini and see a leader there. Listen, That's what I do anyway. Listen, Go on, Fergus. Listen, so, hang on. Right. So, Dan, listen. It's about reputations, Fergus. It's about reputations. Go back and think about what's happening in the not-too-distant past, right? Ian Wright, two-footed Peter Schmeichel, right? Do you remember when Ian Wright, two-footed Peter Schmeichel? Do you remember when Vieira wound Keane up, right? Do you remember when Keown got in the face of all the Man United players? And Parler was in on that as well, you know? That's not just about that game and that moment. That sets the scene for years to come. That sets the scene for seasons to come. If Granite Xhaka going and putting his arm around that bloke and pushing Kieran and Tini away. That's not just about that game. That's set the scene. That's set the scene for years to come. Everyone now thinks that Xhaka's a soft touch. Over the last few years, Arsenal have been known as a small team, a tippy-tappy team, a team that gets bullied, a team that can't stand up for itself, a team that lets the last-minute goals in, a team that gets scared. And that's Granite Xhaka's for you. We've got to move on from that. We want Kieran Tierney's and we want Thomas Party to get growly, you know, and we want, what's his name? We want it was, uh, Gabriel, Gabriel to get growly. We want to change, right? And we are changing. We are changing, you know, and, 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 and I'm so angry about this bloke, Xhaka. I'm so angry about him. I've never but been Trev, once again. threw our bag on the floor. Trev, once again, it comes down to there is a factionalization boiling underneath this club. And it was boiling underneath Emery, and it's boiling again now, right? You have apparently you have a little there. mother. I think it was even there in the end of at the end of the Wenger years. Yeah, some of these. Yeah, it's but, Wenger's I mean, legacy. It's Wenger's but legacy. You've got, but you've got the Jackers going and pushing away Tierney's, and that shows you the factions within the club. That shows you you've got a group of young. You've got the Hale M boys. You've got KT. You've got the Gabriels who have come in. The Rob Holdings who all seem to be really together and defensive united ready to go. And then you've got this overpriced stardust at the top. And I tell you what, I didn't want to say it on, I didn't want to say it on today's show, but it's going to come out of me anyway. And the puppet master behind the entire thing, whether it's deliberate and malicious or whether it's just a matter of circumstance is the one and only bug eyes, Mesut Ozil tweeting. Yeah. Gunners. Yeah. At 55 minutes into that game. Yeah. Gunners. Yeah. And people sit there and wonder why then 250 million P's got more fuck. Sorry, more effing social media followers than Australia, than the population of Australia. And he decides to put up a tweet at 55 minutes after Pepe gets sent off. Right? There is a factionalization, and the puppet master behind that is Mesut Ozil. He was the same guy who disrupted the dressing room at halftime in Baku when he said that Emery couldn't coach. He's the same yep. guy who's going and bailing out Gunasaurus, doing all of these things. And you cannot give the team to Arteta 
until he's removed the puppet master that's behind the factionalization at Arsenal Football Club. I 100% agree with you. And there are players in his clique, which are Klasniak and some of the other players, these overpriced players that, that need to go. But guys, listen, we have failed to score in our last four out of our last five league games after it. Uh, uh, the last time we done that was, I think, only three games out of um, Arteta's other 24 Premier League games. What's going wrong? We got Aubameyang, one of the best, one of the top, what, five or six strikers in the league. Um, what's going wrong, Dan? Why are we? Why are we not able to score? Because the team are looking disinterested. It looks to me as if we're on the verge of have the team down tools on Mikel Arteta like they did in Emery. We're looking at the same players within this squad and we're asking every single week the same players. I took a foul throw when I was eight years old and I got beats for it. We've got a professional footballer who's taken four foul throws in nine games of a Premier League season and he's playing every single game because he puts a pass through for Saka. Everyone starts telling me he's the best right back we've got. Ainsley Maitland-Niles is definitely not better than him. We've got a player in Granite Chaka who is just a statue of a man. He brings nothing to the midfield. He slows all of our play down. There is nothing that guy does in terms of athleticism that my nan couldn't do, mate. He is so poor in that midfield. Danny Ceballos is a player that has shown some bite and some character at times. And maybe that comes from, you know, his his ability or potential ability. But he can't play next to this guy at the moment. This two won the FA Cup for us are not the midfield I want to see the future of the club because they bring nothing to the table. Our midfield is so poor. Yeah, so, so poor. Then I look at Lacazette, who didn't play um, on Sunday. He gets dropped. The reason that we are doing so badly at the moment is because these Arsene Wenger players are still around the side. And it doesn't matter if they're not playing. They're in the squad. They're poison. We've got Mustafi being offered a new contract by the sounds of it. We've got Ozil still there, won't leave, just training around the dressing ground. Max is spot on with what he's doing on social media. He's him and his PR team need to get the hell out of the club because they are st- they stink, yeah? You've got Socrates still playing there. You've got Kolasinac still in the Thursday night sides. These players are all Arsene Wenger players that are dreadful, absolutely dreadful. So people can sit there and say that Arteta has eight new signings. It doesn't matter because he needs another 18 new signings if we want to be moving forward and competing with the <laughs> likes of Man City or Liverpool. It doesn't matter because these eight players he's got are training with absolutely terrible footballers. The positives... Gabriel, Party, Tierney. We've got two of the best youngsters at the squad. My worry, Saka and Martinelli regress. Why? Because they're training with absolutely just donkeys. Yeah. When Fabregas and Van Persie were part of this invincible squad, they had Henri, Burkamp, Vieira, Pires to learn from. Look at what Saka and Martinelli are learning off of. Chaka, Lacazette, Bellerin. Donkeys. Absolute clowns. Until these players move out, we cannot blame everything on Mikel Arteta because some of these players need to step up. I had this conversation with you on the phone um, yesterday and you said if we got rid of, uh, we have to get rid of this long list of players. You're looking at six or seven players. Like even Ben Bennett says, we've, we've got seven guaranteed starters. Yeah, and he's right. Uh, He's right. Seven guaranteed starters. Uh, it should come up. Oh, the there it is. There it is. Yeah. We've got seven yeah. guaranteed starters in our whole yeah, squad. He's, right. he's absolutely right. And I named the seven, and Ben agreed with me. There are seven players so, in this side. So we can't point, get rid of them all, Fergus. No, I understand that we can't get rid of them all, but we're going to have to. 
and it will take three or four no. windows. But in the summer of no. 2021, whoever's in charge, whether it's Arteta or a different manager, Nagelsmann, Diego Simeone, whoever you want to pick in front of Mikel Arteta, if you really want the guy out, if it is getting to the summer of 2021, whoever is in charge of Arsenal has the best chance of progressing us. Why? Because all of that poison is removed straight away. It's, it's a, po- it's a poison chalice, Dan. It's a Massively. poison chalice. Listen, we're talking about Arteta, right? I'm, I've heard noise today about Arteta's got till January. Arteta's got to sort this and Arteta's got to sort that. I can understand young men like our Dan having some thoughts about Arteta and what he's doing, right? Because... The younger generation only came in, only, only came in to watch, started watching the Arsenal when we were very successful and they were spoiled for want of a better phrase and they've never been through this bad phase. We've had this decline, right? But I've seen people, I'm not going to name them, they know who they are, right? Dan knows who they are. I've seen people of my age today and older saying that Arteta's got till January and then he's got to go, right? Those people, you should be ashamed of yourselves. You should bury your head in the sand and never surface again. Because you know, you're my age, you know better than any generation what it's like to have bad periods and what it's like to have to work hard to get through those periods. The only reason you're calling for Arteta's head in January or if we don't do it right at the end of the season is because you like to get clicks and you like to get likes and you like to get fancied. Get out of here. Stop it. Stop it now, right? Go back to when Arteta came into this club December last year. Look at what he inherited. Look how the players were in charge because Emery weren't in charge. The players were in charge, right? And we saw immediate changes. We saw immediate changes, right? We saw better effort with what we had. Then we, we all know we've got to change the players, but we can't change the players all at once. We've got... We've bought in Gabriel, right? We've bought in Party. We've got a better Ceballos, right? People that we didn't want are not getting a look in. Socrates, Ozil, Mustafi, Kolasinac, even Gwendozi and Torreira. They don't get a look in, right? They don't get a look in. But we can't just say off you trot. We can't just say off you trot. They've all got contracts, right? And they've got a right to see those contracts out as players. So everything that... Arteta is doing is all he can do and I'll tell you something else as well don't expect a big transfer window in January don't listen to no, there won't, silly be. There won't be one there, there won't be unless a miracle happens unless a miracle happens and we manage to sell Ozil and we manage to sell uh, Xhaka and we manage to sell Mustafi and we manage to sell Kalasinac we won't now when I want to see some action is the end of this season when all those contracts run out, right? Okay. Massa Erzil is on £350,000 a week. That 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 pays three very, very good payers' wages and leaves you some left over. over. So don't be calling for January. You ain't going to see You might see one player coming in January if you're lucky. Next summer you- is when we make judgments. And then this time next year, is when we start thinking now how is like our I said like I said Trev it's right. a, it was a poison chalice to start with and I said when we were doing our predictions at the start of this season and everyone was saying oh it's it's Champions League for Arsenal Champions League or bust I said we will finish 8th 7th or 6th 
because as long as you've got that cohort of players who need to whose contracts are going to run out at the end of this season, as long as you have that cohort of players, we won't progress. I never thought we'd be able to sell them. I never thought we'd be able to move them on, especially in a post-COVID transfer world. So for me, this season for Arteta, almost free hit. And I know Arsenal fans don't like that. I know they don't like the sound of that, of saying free hit, right? But almost free hit for him to get through this season because by hook or by crook, the, the, the transfer hand is going to be forced next year and you're going to see five guys who have been on bad contracts for a long time just leave and disappear into history never to be heard of again. Kalasinac gone. Mustafi gone. Ozil gone. All out the door, one after the other, pop, pop, pop. Socrates gone, sitting there on his ass doing nothing. So the Listen, thought of, of, of what is someone meant to do with this squad? Like what do you what do you what do you think that a Simeone is going to come yeah. in and do with the same well, players? Hang, hang, hang on a it's second. Back. Exactly, Max. He's still have the same squad. He's still have the same yep. squad. You know? Fergus, right, put that comment up from Trolls about Ozil's salary, please, mate. One, one second, I'll bring that up in a minute. What I was going to say to you, Max, um, and Dan mentioned other managers like uh, Hagelsmann, Simeone, and blah, blah, whatever. Pick, pick a manager, pick a high-profile manager, Jose Mourinho, Klopp, whoever, whoever would, if we were to make a move and uh, decide that it wasn't for Arteta, and I don't agree that uh, it's not for Arteta, I think he needs plenty of time, and I support Arteta in, in, in the role he's in. But any other manager who wants to come in will want shitloads of money chucked at them. Shitloads of money. Yep, because they're your language, like... young man. <laughs> or make allowances for the Aussie, but not for you. Um, with regards to the comment that uh, Trevor was on about, um, Trules come along and said he can't hold Ozil's salary against his uh, against him. It's the club that gave it to him. And it's the same that goes That's for... Exactly. Uh, it's the same that goes for Socrates. It's the same that goes for Shaka. It's the same that goes for all of these yeah. players. The blame doesn't lie with the player. The players may be crap, but the blame lies with the club and the people who were in, in those positions beforehand, be it Wenger, be it Raul, be it Sanyehi, who, uh, uh, sorry, Raul and Sanyehi are the same people, but Vinay, uh, it, 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 all, it, all, it all lies with, with them. Um, the last thing to, to cover on this game, and we have bounced all over the place, was the, the, the red card that uh, that we saw for Pepe, um, and the uh, I'm just going to bring up the reaction. One, his reaction, and and the look on his face as he uh, came off the pitch. Just let me bring that up. So the look on Pepe's face um, as he looked. He didn't even look at Arteta. He just stared up in the air and walked off with the, the up the stands to the exit. Arteta was not happy in his press conference afterwards. He made it very, very clear he was not happy. Um, I'm not out for a witch hunt on Pepe. I'm not out for a witch hunt on uh, the Leeds player who deserves an Oscar for his diving. What Pepe did, I think, was wrong in the sense that he shouldn't lay his head on some an opponent player. Whether it was like a light touch or not, it's the rules. You broke the rules. It's violent contact. Away you go. What was um, what was your reaction, Dan, to just the general, the vile fan base from both Leeds and um, uh, Arsenal fans? Fergus, I can't stand our fan base. <laughs> Honestly, I can't stand our fan base. I go on social media and I want to come straight off of it. It is an absolute disgrace. The stuff I've heard from not just this season, but for the last, I'd say, five to, five to ten years, has just been an absolute disgrace. And when I see stuff like that, 
it's uncalled for it. What Pepe did was wrong, right? You can't do that. And people say you can't do that with VAR. You can't do that without VAR. You just can't do it. Yeah, you get sent off. That is what happens. The fan base itself, what's happened on Twitter, what's happened to you, how anyone can stick up for that and want to put anything like that is just disgusting and disgraceful and it needs to stop. When it comes to the fans that can't stand what Pepe has done, I understand it. I do. I personally feel from Arteta's reaction that he's done at this club. And the reason I say this is because he doesn't like him, Arteta. He doesn't rate him. He's not his player. He doesn't seem to want to play him. He wants to play Willian ahead of him all the time. And the other thing with it is Pepe has come out and he has said, why are you not playing me when the front three are not performing? So he says, OK, I'll play you. And I said last week with uh, Sophie and Amanda and Kev for the Harvey squad, I said, if Pepe does get his chance, he has to play well. Because if he does not, it is going to look so bad on him, even more bad than it has been when he has had bad games. And what does he do? Let's himself down completely. And he did let the side down and he did let the manager down. 100% he did because it wasn't one of those situations where he makes a mistake and it goal goes in. He's gone and headbutted somebody. It doesn't matter. I mean, you've, okay, you can't really call it a proper nut. It wasn't exactly as Zidane, was it, on a Matarazzi? But it, you can't do it. So take away the reaction. Talk about it as much as you want. He needed to get sent off. And I'll be surprised if we see much more of Pepe. I really will. Dan, he'd let the team down before he headbutted him. Right, like I, I was talking to Toby about this on the OG show. What do you think that so when Pepe's been, I don't want to say frozen out the team, but kept out of the team for for what I call the Walcottian reason, right? I don't care about what you're doing going forwards. If you're not coming back, if you're not backfilling the space, if you're not helping Hector, you're not going to get into the team because we're trying not to concede. We're a team working in some passive worlds at the moment where basically Arteta is saying, let's not lose it before we've given our players the opportunity to win it. Like it or lump it, that's the way it's been for a while. Now, Arteta would have gone, he would have given him a nudge that week. Lots of stuff happened. People wanted people out. Joe Willick in, four at the back, all these things. Everyone got almost all their their, their dreams ticked off, maybe except for William playing and Party being injured. And, and you can imagine Mikel Arteta going up and giving a tap and saying to him, Nico, this is what I need from you today. Go and do you throw your magic stardust. I don't care if you step over the ball and you fall over it. I don't care if you cross it out. I don't care if you shoot, but get back and protect Hector. Now, from all reports, Pepe got an absolute bollocking at halftime from Mikel Arteta because when we were getting exposed, when it went from four shots each in the first, I think it was four shots on target each in the first 20 minutes to 11 shots to four by the end of the half, all they did was just stick another player in the midfield. And you know where they took that player from? Pepe's wing. And they said, it's okay. He's not going to track back, right? Don't worry about him. Just go put this guy in the middle. So he'd let the team down before it started. The one thing that could get him back in this team, the one thing that get him playing regularly under Mikel Arteta was a little bit of effort. And then he's been bollocked at halftime. And I'll tell you what he said. I fancy an early shower. Right now, I'm not going to pull the guy up for his face or how he looks or whether he looked over to Mikel Arteta, whether he was embarrassed, whether he was angry, what he was doing. We don't know that. What we do know about Pepe is he doesn't speak any English. He hasn't assimilated to England. He apparently disappears after training. He's not really involved in any, any clicks. He hasn't linked in with any people. And he is a shy, some people think that's a humble thing, but a shy lad who doesn't really seem to fancy England. Difficult now, we shy. can't drop him. Yeah, we can't drop him because you can't drop, you can't devalue a $72 million asset. Now, you could do that with Genduzi. He costs 7 million quid. Doesn't matter. Write that off. Not 72 million pound. 
which means now Arteta has to do the double bluff. I thought it was poor from Arteta in his press conference. I think from a management perspective, he'll regret that. He'll regret calling him out there because it would have been much easier for him just to say, yep, something's gone wrong and go and handle it back of house. But he's going to have to play that boy in the Europas. He's going to have to get him confident again because if he doesn't fancy him, he's got to sell him. Yep. That's the, the, the typical the typical sort of Wenger. I did not see it sort of thing. Um, Trevor, any thoughts on this? And then we move on because I've got one more question on the game and uh, we've got a couple of other things to talk about. Any any view on, on, on the Pepe and, his, and how he's been treated? I want to know where Max gets his information from. Wow. Well, if... <laughs> but listen, Pepe, I, I, I called out my second player ever tonight and I'm not doing a third one. It ain't happening, right? Pepe has not performed anywhere near. He's not performed to the level of a £7 million player, let alone a £72 million player. What he did on the weekend was stupid. It was it was, it was, it was petulant. It was stupid. He didn't headbutt the opposition player, but he put his face, he put his head in his face, and he should have been clever enough and wise enough to know that in this day and age, you do that, the other player's going to dive on the floor, VAR is going to pick you up. You're going to get sent off. It's that simple. It's that simple. So Pepe should have known better than that. I'm not quite sure about Arteta's after-match press conference. I didn't think he actually, actually, actually called Pepe out too much. He said he was going to deal with it, didn't he? But no, he said three, he said three times it's unacceptable. When he when he was asked, well, uh, "What are you going to do?" It's totally unacceptable. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. The first well, two were fine. It was when he verbalised at the end when he said that he was proud of the team after Nico let them down. Now that is putting yes. a that is putting a big yeah. line between the team and it's sticking Pepe yeah. out by himself and saying you can go over the air, young man. Which, as I said, I think he's going to live to regret that if he can't get him up and playing now. Yeah, well, I never well, heard I... that. In, in, in all honesty, I never heard. I never heard the personal words. And if that's what he said, then he has to think about it again. And maybe we can make allowances for 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 Arteta being a young manager. But I'm, I, I still I still hold a tiny bit of hope for Pepe. I still hold a tiny bit of hope for him. As a matter of fact, I mean, let's turn it. Could it be a positive? I don't know. Could it be a fact that Pepe's made a massive mistake? Arteta's called him out, right? Pepe has let the side down, but he's had the balls to come out and apologise to the fans. I know some people weren't happy about that, but I like that. Is Pepe now getting a different mindset and thinking, my time's up now. I've only got one way to go from here. I've got to pull my socks up and perform. There's no other way for me to go. There's nothing else that's to what, do. That's what Toby said on the Ars Bros, mate. He said, um, it's double bluff time now. He said, you go and you play him. Because if you park him on the bench now, you guarantee he's done. You go play him in the Europa game next week and say, go out and show me what you meant to show me. Dan, the final thing on this game, um, Mike Austin Ozel, Michael Garvez has um, asked if we can discuss the uh, elbow, uh, deflection, handball, penalty shout in the box. Did you think it was a, p- a penalty? Um uh, in the in the dying seconds, obviously you, you've got the, the the one clear chance that Arsenal had, uh, which was that through ball which you touched on earlier to Saka. He was really unlucky he didn't uh, make more of that. I think he just slightly overran it. There's no point even talking about Leeds uh, 25 shots um, at, at goal, only four on target as it would happen. But the the woodwork and everything else 
uh, kept us in that game. And the fact that Bamford found his um, his, his Emirates <laughs> Stadium uh, helped us out an awful lot as well. But can we talk about that uh, handball as well? Any doubts if it was anything other than a penalty, Mike Ungalvez asks? Well, listen, Boston's got a great point because it is a penalty, isn't it? Because the one that I saw against uh, Manchester United West Brom was a penalty. So clearly that one is as well. I, I, I don't understand the lack of consistency again, and I'm not going into VAR handball rules and poor officials because we'll be here all night and it's just changed the record. But for me, it is a penalty. And I'm not going to sit here and start saying that if we would have won that, we would have won the game. And if we would have gone Saka's ball through, we would have won the game because it didn't happen. And we need to move on from that game because as far as I'm concerned, we'll take the point because we were 10 men down, down to 10 men. It was nil-nil. I thought it was a penalty, but it's one of those that some refs would give and some refs wouldn't. One thing I want to touch on very, very quickly before we move on from the Pepe situation is this. I'll ask you boys a question. <clears throat> Willian and Pepe on the wing or Welbeck and Iwobi? Now, a couple of seasons ago, we had Welbeck and Iwobi who tracked back and looked to do exactly what Mikel Arteta and both Unai Emery are wanting to do. And we got rid of those two players. I would take Iwobi and Welbeck any day of the week in terms of, and as long as they're fit, by the way, because Welbeck likes to get injured. But <laughs> I would take those two over Pepe and Willian any day of the week for the pure fact that they give 110%. They might not be in as technically as good, but they give 110% for the Arsenal. And I think we need more Welbeck and Awobis, believe it or not, but I can't believe I'm saying that, than we do with these prima donna players because Pepe and Willian look a lot lazier and are lost more disinterested, like they don't care than Welbeck and Awobi. I just wanted to get an A in there. Do you know what? It's really funny that Dan says that, right? It's really funny that Dan says that because I've just... Just, I've got to tell you, with the scores running through uh, just next to me, and I wasn't thinking about those two, Dan, but who scored a last-minute winner for Chelsea tonight? Yeah, I just saw, mate. Olivier saw. Giroud. What would we give for an Olivier Giroud right now? Isn't Throwing it crazy? He would, suit, he, would, he would suit the current play more than he suited the play when he was at Arsenal. So when we were trying to move yeah. the ball quickly, progress it and hold possession, it didn't suit us, but... As an option, as a passive player, absolutely. Danny Welbeck, Dan, you know I was a huge Welbeck fan and I got tuned out, chewed out for it constantly because I said, he's big, he's strong, he's athletic, he'll hold the ball up, he'll track back for you. I was an Awobi fan. I wanted Awobi eventually to make his move back into central midfield, essentially playing a lot of where Saka is playing at the moment. But you're right, but in saying that, I, I'll play devil's advocate there as well. And I think that if Arsenal are to progress into the next stage of football, the stage of football that isn't a fifth and sixth team, but the stage of football that is a second and a third team, you need to go and sign Pepe's. And a manager needs to be able to get Pepe's playing and get them working and build a system where you can carry a maverick. Because all of the top teams have a maverick. All of the top teams have someone who goes out there and sprinkles his stardust and does his amazing shit. So we don't. I don't know. We don't. Damn if. We, we don't, some. yeah, but we tried. We tried to yeah. buy one for seventy-two million. We should yeah, have paid exactly. forty million yeah, yeah, for it, but we tried to buy one. What is what is well, frustrating we, as well, well is listen. we talk about players, we talk about the Welbecks and the Wobies. Trev's mentioned Giroud. I've heard Jack Wilshere. I've heard Fabregas. I've heard Cazorla. All these players would walk into our team. That's how bad we are. We have to accept that at the moment, there are players in our side that are about as average as Crystal Palace, Brighton, and Newcastle. That's what we have to accept. We do. We've got to accept it. Yeah. Well, listen, I listen, Max Max is 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 so right again, right? In that 
we, we, I forgot what I was going to say now. See, this is what happens <laughs> when you get old, boys, right? But I've, I've, listen, I've still got this penalty decision in the back of my head, right? And I'm looking down at comments, Fergus, and it just about sums up what a calamity VAR is, right? Because the only reason it still comes down to referees. Half of the VAR referees would have given that as a penalty on Sunday. Half of them wouldn't, right? They, they interpret it all in different ways. And look down at comments, right? Mike Addison, it was never a pen. Terry Greenwood, it was a penalty. Uh, Heath, it wasn't. Trolls, it it wasn't. Uh, or, and then Arnie, it was a penalty. And a red. They just don't. It's so inconsistent. It's you know, it's it's just luck of the draw. You I, you could have seen it given either way, you know. I, to be honest, so, personally, when I live, I didn't think it was a penalty. Boston messaged me at the time about it, and I went, "No, nah, it's more like you know, ball to arm. It's hit the, the, the back of his arm, and his body, his arm was in a normal situation." When I've seen it afterwards, I could understand where Boston was coming from. But seeing the comment here that Heath put in, in the comments, it says it was a deflection off the player's boots. If that is the case, then it wouldn't have been a penalty because it, it that was know. that was that was the case. That was the way I saw it. That yeah. it got kicked into his foot yeah. and went from his foot to his arm. Therefore, it's not a penalty. I thought it was Fine. pretty yeah. clear cut. Right. Yeah. On Thursday, you know, I... on Thursday at um, uh, five to six, we uh, back in the Europa League. We're top of our table with nine points. So technically speaking, we only need one point. Again, F FK Mould, uh, and we will be through to the next round of 1,655 million in the Europa League um, uh, next stage, whatever that is. It goes on for years. Uh, returning uh, the return leg, in, in my view, as I call it, um, last time I, we struggled with them at first. We went 1-0 down. We had a goal disallowed, uh, but eventually we won 4-1 uh, in Mould. Which players would you like to see played and which players rested in this game? I expect that we need to start with the man we've talked a lot about today in Pepe. Max? Uh, yeah, 100%. I initially sort of was on the other side of the fence and said he needs to be chinned more, but now I've, I've come full circle. You know, there's money there. He's got to get played. And if you let him, if he's that way inclined, the way his face looks, and he is this very insular, very quiet person, if you let him shrink, uh, it's going to be massive problems. I'd play Reese Nelson. I would give Joe Willock another run out. I know a lot of people are calling for Balogun. I think you've, you, you, Eddie is ahead of him, so let's keep playing Eddie and let's make sure we get Balogun half an hour or 40 minutes or something like that, You know, whatever it might be. Let's split it amongst them. To be honest, Fergus, I'm just excited to not watch the Premier League team go out. And the only pleasure that I've got out of football this year has been watching our Europa League side. And it's been watching the press and the Nelsons and the Eddies and the Joes. You know, hopefully maybe we get to see, at least on the bench, a little bit of Emile Smith-Rowe. Um, other than that, mate, let's go. Let's just not watch a Premier League game with the same guys stinking up the joint. Anybody else have any changes on what they're doing in, in, in that? Like, you know... I think it's a good smattering of our kids uh, with some of the fringe players that um, I'd like. Well, we can't even play Saliba and don't even start, Dan, because I'll, I'll like a touch paper on that with you. <laughs> um, but we can't we can't play him in the Europa League uh, for, for the, at this stage. But it would be a, a great opportunity. It would have been a great opportunity. Uh, any predictions? I think it should be. Well, you can't tell with this house. I, I think it should be an easy win. It's an early kickoff. It's you know, six o'clock for us, I'd go probably 
3-1 or something like that, Trev? Spank them. We should spank yeah. them. Lacket and Anketia and will definitely start, I would think, because mm. Arteta needs to get a scorer back on form. Um, yeah. I, I, I think we're going to win comfortably. I, I, can, I, I think we're going to win comfortably, but that'll be because, probably because of the standard of the opposition, not because of the standard of our play, if recent performances are anything to go by, Fergus. Okay. Dan, anything to add think, on, on that game? I think the only two things I want to add is my prediction, which I think could be a 2-1 win. Uh, and Max is spot on. The only reason I feel we'll concede a goal is because I think our back line is going to be horrendous again. I think we're going to see the Mustafis and the Kalasanaks and the David Luiz is back in, I'm afraid. So for me, I'm not confident for keeping a clean sheet, but I think that we will nick the game 2-1. I'm with Max as well. I'd like to see Smith Rowe finally. Uh, under 23s, he's been killing it. Uh, great season on loan at Huddersfield. And he, for me, has got more about him than Joe Willock in terms of his potential. So um, I feel that he should be given a chance. I'd actually like to see a midfield three of Maitland, Niles, Willock and Smith-Rowe. Let's see what them three can do in midfield together. They're all of the same kind of ilk. They're all of the same kind of, let's try and prove something. I think with Pepe, I think we probably are going to see him start. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't and Arteta wants to punish him because I don't think he's a huge fan and he looked absolutely fuming. But Max is spot on. You know, the, the best thing for him to do is to play and play well and score some goals on Thursday night, Pepe. Uh, maybe we'll see Balogun. Uh, there's rumours that Moller might even be in the under-23, from the under-23s because he's been really impressing. Uh, the new Ibrahimovic, please. Uh, so, yeah, I think that uh, we're going to see some under-23s. Apparently, there's a lot of under-23s that have travelled. So, um, yeah, it should be boys, interesting. Boys, why do you think, right? What is it because he's still getting over his injury? But why hasn't Smith Rowe, he hasn't even, he hasn't had a sniff of a game, has he? Why is that? I mean, I like he, the lad, you know, but he's he has, not he had has, a look at has, at all. He has been injured. I don't think he's travelled. Um, I don't mm. believe he's travelled with this um, uh, with this squad of the under twenty threes. I haven't seen the full list, but um, John Gregory in the comments said he's still in London, and then other people are saying that uh, Smith Rowe should start. But we'll see. I'm I'm, I'm going for a comfortable win. Um, uh, Max, as you said, you should smash him, and I'm, I'm, I'm Trev's gone for his traditional four 0 I would have thought. Um, I'm, uh, not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to go. F- for a free nil, but as I said, that's because of the standard of the opposition, not because I necessarily think we're going to play really well. Right, a couple of other things I'd, I want to run through quickly. Um, the, the, the captain's armband we, we talked about with Abamyang is it weighing too heavy on him? And if if so, who would you like to see captain instead, and why? I'll start with you, Dan, and then we'll go to Max, and then we'll go to Trevor. I wouldn't take it off of Aubameyang for the pure facts. It's the worst thing to do for someone who has not got the confidence of the form uh, currently. <clears throat> I think that if you ask me, does he deserve it? No, because he's not a leader. He never really has been. I think he was given it because he was the next best player at the club um, to give it to. So it went to the best player of the club, like it normally does when there's no leader out there. For me, if you was to say to me, you can pick one player to give the captain's armband to right now, it would be Kieran Tierney. And people can say that they think he's too young and he doesn't know Arsenal well enough. He shows fight and passion and desire in that team. And he is the one one person that we are looking at at the moment to try and give some kind of threat. And him and Saka are the only ones doing it. People can say David Luiz. I don't think David Luiz will play enough this season and I don't think he's here long term. I also don't know that Gabriel and Partey, uh, who would be my next two options, uh, have been here long enough. I think Kieran Tierney, 
knows what it's like to win. And I want to see that guy with the armband if Aubameyang does lose it. I don't want it to see give it to Chaka. Please, not Chaka. It has to be Kieran Tierney if it's uh, not going to be Aubameyang, in my opinion. Um, Max? Uh, look, Kieran Tierney's obviously high on the list because we see the passion and, 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 and that, as Arsenal fans, makes us feel like that's what we need from a captain. It might be He might still be a little bit too hot as a young man to be a, a captain and it might come a little bit too soon for him. Um, uh, Dan makes a good point. It's very difficult when your leaders aren't playing consistently or the people you would put in leadership positions aren't playing consistently. But honestly, that's never mattered at Arsenal. Vermaelen was captain from the bench. Arteta was captain from the bench. Murtasaka was captain from the bench. Um, and your leaders, don't, you don't have one leader on a football pitch. You have a leadership group. And I think that's where we've... But we've fallen down at Arsenal that we don't have enough uh, enough of a cohort of leaders on the pitch. You know, you can call for Aubameyang to pick people up by their bootstraps and drag them forward, but really you need a cohort. You need three or four guys who are all senior who are all doing it. There's two names on my list. Like I said, KT, maybe not immediately, but coming in. And the guy who I really like his temperament, and I think he's been criminally underrated this season, is Rob Holding. Um, if he can consistently play this season and form a genuine partnership and put his hand up as as that that more, I guess, totem-esque centre-back with which the other flarier centre-backs are going to play around, I quite like Rob Holding as a captain. I quite like his temperament. But we're scraping the barrel there, boys. Mm. I like Trulls' comment, Fergus, there. Vieira was captain at, uh, for, at 16 for Cannes. Tony Adams was captain at a very young age at Arsenal. 17. It's not always about how old you, you are. It's about your leadership qualities. And I think Kieran Tierney has showed a lot of that. Well, Dan, I, if you I, bomb I, those five players out who are, who are going to go next year, it doesn't matter so much about putting KT in. Because if that means yeah. that that faction of old players dissipates and you give the team to a KT and you give the team to that hardworking mentality faction, that can only be good for the club. If that's what's going to be seeping through the club, then that's what it needs. Not good time yeah. guy Aubameyang. Uh, Trev, uh, who do you think the arm batter's weighing heavy on Aubameyang? Would you change it and who would you appoint? Because no, I don't think we've got a proper leader in the club at the okay. moment. We haven't got a, a captain leads uh, and he leads by example, okay? And when we made Jack a captain, what kind of example was that saying, right? At the present time, I think Tierney would, would be an amazing captain if he had the right round, um, right set of players around him. I think if we made Kieran Tierney captain of Arsenal at this present time, I think he'd scare the living daylights. What was that? Someone's playing Space Invaders. What's going on there? <laughs> I think you like his microphone. <laughs> Kieran Tierney would scare the living daylights out of some of our uh, of our prima donnas and our underperformers at the moment. So Kieran Tierney for the future. This present time, if I had to give someone the armband, I would give a fit Rob Holding the armband at Arsenal. A central defender, someone with stature, someone who conducts himself well. Someone He's not the best player on the planet, but he could well be a leader. I love the way that he conducts himself. And we ain't got a lot else to look at at the moment. Yeah. Um, I'll I tell you, the, the only other person who hasn't been mentioned, and I know we've mentioned him, in, and I, I don't mention him in a great light, but I think he's probably one of the guys who understands what it is to be Arsenal. He understands Arsenal quite well. Whether whether I, whether I, don't say it. I'm going to yell at you. Get ready. 
uh, our vegan friend. Um, Bollocks. Terrible idea. What's wrong with you, Fergus? <laughs> Seriously, you're going and getting another weak, old-fashioned mentality of a player. You're going and getting a Vengarian player who wasn't good enough there. He was good when he came in for Debushi for about 15 minutes. It's been crap ever since. He's a vegan. He doesn't want to win. He doesn't like people who want to win too much. Wrong mentality, wrong era. Ship him out. You're wrong. That's what I have to say about that. But I told you it was coming. <laughs> My only rationale behind it was um, simply because he's been there, done that. He, he's got a lot going from with regards to the, the club and understanding the, the ethos behind the club and everything else. Uh, I, I, I get what you're saying, Max, uh, and I, I'm not a big fan of him on the pitch. Uh, I'm not really a great fan of him off the pitch, not that I know him personally either, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but holding is a good shout because uh, for everything that you've said before. But Terry asked uh, in the comments there, and I put it up earlier: Does holding get in if Mary's fit? Um, I don't know. I, I think yes. this is his opportunity. Yes, I think yes. this is his opportunity to fight for a spot. A fit Rob Holding gets in the side. A a consistently fit Rob Holding with a full season of games behind him will probably, in my opinion, people might laugh at me. Would probably after a fit. A, let me reiterate: a full season of fitness, playing every game. Rob Holding could well push for an England spot. I I'm like I like Rob now. Holding, Trev. I think he's been criminally oh, underrated this season. Yeah, yeah. In, guys. You know, um, when you think what we've lockdown. Had? Lockdown is stopping um, on the second of um, December here in the UK. We play. Uh, um, Rapid Vienna on the fourth or fifth. We could be the first Premier League side. I'm going. To be able I'm to, sorry. To, that, that was the question. <laughs> to be, be able to have fans back into into the stadium. It's likely that London could be tier two, um, but there is also talk on London tonight that parts of London are, are, are that the, the pandemic is is that bad that um, it could actually be in tier three, uh, but it's likely to be tier two, which means. Um, you can't go to the pub and have a pint. You've got to sit down and have a substantial meal. Spoons will work, um, but uh, tables no more than six. There'll be no booze ser served in the stadium to us mere mortals who aren't in corporate hospitality. Uh, you'll have to sit down. You won't be allowed to be with your mates. You can't sing. You can't the fun police have come in. Um, only 2,000 fans if we're in tier two and 4,000 fans if we get into tier one, which is unlikely. Uh, Trev, you still going? Yeah, of course I'm going. I'd go. I'd go if I was the only fan in the ground, Fergus. Because as I said earlier, I'm a proper fan of the Arsenal. I don't come on here to to get followers or score points or, or get people to like me. I love the people like me. I, I love the people follow me. But I don't come on here to do that. I don't say things just to get click. I come on here because I'm an Arsenal fan, and I'll go to watch my team if I'm the last person allowed in the stadium. Because that's what we should do as Arsenal fans. Right, Dan? I'm done. <laughs> I love it, Trev. Absolutely love it. I think what's frustrating me at the moment is the fact that not all of us are allowed in there. And I understand the mentality personally of both Trev and of other people that we know, Ferg, that have said, I'm not stepping foot in that stadium until all 60,000 are allowed in. I think personally what you need to do is look more than that now. Because we get into a stage where it's been so, so long in fact, Fergus, you were feeling absolutely dog poo the last time we went to a game at the Emirates at West Ham in March. And 
we're looking at it now thinking how much do we miss it <laughs> Had the he, spread the, he spread the COVID. He's responsible for the tears. He started it. He started it. I'm telling you. No, 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 no. It should be called Burger Rona. It should be called Super Spreader. Super Spreader Burgers. I was in the boardroom with Dave Perrell <laughs> the Thursday beforehand, uh, just after the Olympiacos owner had been in there. So I probably got it from Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you had it, man. I think that's exactly where you got it. But that's another story. But listen, Trev's right. You know, we need to do something about getting back to games and I'm missing it criminally. My only problem is I don't just go to football for 90 minutes of the football. I go for the before and after and that ain't going to be a before and after. So it's going to be a big struggle for me, if I'm honest with you. I've got to ask my old man what he wants to do and what my old man says we will do because uh, that's always been the way. And if he wants to go, then, of course, we'll, we'll try and get the ticket to go with him. But as far as I'm concerned, it's not going to be the same um, because we can't what, get into the ground and have the atmosphere. Dan, 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 it's going to be like going out on the pool, right? You go out hoping for the best. You go out hoping for a shag, and if you yeah. come home with an over-the-pants knob rub, you're still going to be happy. It's better than yeah. nothing. Well, you won now because you got one for my birthday, which was much appreciated, <laughs> Trev and Fergus. You're very you're welcome, Potsy. Max, f- final say, if you were given the opportunity uh, to uh, be over here on a regular basis and you regularly went to the football, because I know it's difficult from where you are to commute from Melbourne. Would are even in some of the stadiums that you go because who is the the green team that you follow in Melbourne? You, Raiders, you follow, uh, Canberra, Canberra Raiders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, given the opportunity to go to them in the similar circumstances that we're in now, would you go? Yeah. Well, look when they when they brought it in here and they started reinforcing sports crowds and and we're up to now. We just had our uh, the grand final in Sydney, which isn't the state I'm in, but they did a hundred percent. So they had sixty five thousand in there in. Queensland, they had 55,000 there. When they bought it in, they did minimise stadiums. They said, oh, masks, no singing, no cheering. You know what everyone did? They went in there, they sat next to each other, they sung and they cheered, and the stewards couldn't do anything about it because you can't employ 5,000 stewards for 5,000 people. So I'd go. And like I said, you know, it's, it's, do you know who needs it more than the fans do? Just my, my final word, Fergus, the big players, the star players, the megalomaniacs who need to do forward flips in front of fans and stand in front of them and feel the adulation. They're the people who need it the most. And I wouldn't be surprised if someone like Aubameyang really, really struggles without that constant receptive feedback telling him that he's the best. So I'd go just for the players because it's going to get the players up. And if it means that there's one corner of Arsenal fans that they can run to and they can feel the love, it'll go a long way for improving the football. I think it's been hugely underestimated how much the lack of fans has washed football out. It's a great point, Max. Max, Max, listen, you're exactly right, son. I I was talking to KC a few weeks ago, right, and we're talking about Ibry as we often do, right? Talking about (laughs) Ibry as we often do. And um, I said to him, you know, when when Ibry was quiet and when Ibry was was lively and the fans had had, had had a massive atmosphere going, at what difference did it make to you as a player? And his answer was, you have no idea how massive it is to hear the fans' support. A quiet stadium quietens players. 
Trev. And once again, I'm in preach. I know I'm in preach mode. I know I'm in preach mode. And, but that's what we should think about the Emirates as well. You know, we may not be. They may not be playing well, and we may not want to scream and shout. But us screaming, shouting, will help them play better. You know, I know it's a two-way thing, but you have no idea. Max, Max has nailed it. You have no idea how important a raucous <laughs> atmosphere <laughs> is at a football. It's the third <laughs> tier of accountability trade. Trev, the third tier of accountability is accountability direct to the fan base. And that's why a, a, a fully online or, or, or zero fan system, we lose something out of football. We lose something that's almost intangible that we didn't know existed until we didn't have it anymore. And that's the players walking out there and having to see whether it's 5,000, 10,000 or 50,000 eyes looking at them, judging them and making them accountable for their performances on the pitch and their actions after the game. Do you really think Aubameyang, after playing a, a crap game, is going to go up to the player and put his arm around him if all of those fans are all looking at him going, what are you doing, son? Because he'd be booed into the tunnel. What are you doing, <laughs> son? What are you doing, son? Listen, when I come and ask, Ross, I'll tell you what they'll be saying. It won't be, what are you doing, son? Mate, I'm well, a, I can't say the words I'm, on here, Max. I'm tempering, I'm tempering lads, myself lads, for lads, Fergus's lads. show. <laughs> lads, um, thank you very much for your input. Um, it's been a really enjoyable show. We have overran by 12 minutes, but that's um, 12 Melbourne minutes, uh, which means we're probably under, uh, under time, I think, on this. Max. Thanks wait, very much. Listen, I hope Fergus, you're wait a minute. Players. Fergus, wait a minute. Fergus, uh, Fergus. You're gonna mute. Stop. <laughs> Listen. Look at it. He doesn't realise yet. He's in full run. <laughs> <laughs> He's just realised. <laughs> <laughs> right, listen, you have been watching Arsenal Podcast. Listen, uh, and Arsenal wait podcast. a minute. Uh, Stop it. Arsenal podcast. Stop it. Arsenal For listen. Arsenal fans, only one last thing to say, Trev. Up I'm, I'm done with this podcast. <laughs> You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.